What's going on, traders? How we doing out there today? We got, of course, a big, big doc, a lot to talk about. FOMC minutes, what was said. We'll talk about that. Then we'll get into tech companies preparing for extended economic downturn. We'll talk about Amazon, what's going on there. Walgreens, Boots Alliance. We got Conagra earnings. We got Constellation Brands. Nova Cure getting some push. You guys see that stock mooning. Western Digital shares up. We'll find out what's going on there. And of course, Kathy Wood, Ark Invest, worst buy of 2022. At least I feel so. Find out what was that right here on pre-market prep. And of course, we got initial jobless claims today. ADP non-farm employment change at 815. Don't miss that. And crude oil inventories, a lot on the docket. Let's get right towards the day. Pre-market prep, it's time to rise and shine. Coming to you live from downtown Detroit, this is Benzinga's Pre-Market Prep with your host, Joel Conan. This is a volatile puppy here, isn't it? And Dennis Dick. I'm bidding a penny. I'd buy that stock for a penny. With everything you need to start your trading day. All right, team, let's get towards the action. Uh, we are missing Joel, so I will do be using my cards today. Don't kill me too much. If you need me to change colors or anything, let me know. I will take off the lines for us. So right now, we're looking at the SPY pretty much going sideways from the close. I mean, we did have a little bit of a push there, but right now, 383, uh, 83, it's kind of funny. And we closed there yesterday at 383.74. We'll see what happens if we get some movement at 815, don't miss that ADP number. Of course, we'll try to give it to you as soon as it hits the tape. Um, we can take a look at TLT bonds. You can see pretty much the same action, right? Sideways. We did get a couple of bounce, you know, two days on the bounce. We'll see if we come right back down on the bonds or we kind of push through that 103. If we take a look at the dollar, I was looking at the dollar. Dollar looked like it was slightly up about five cents around 8 a.m., uh, pretty much going sideways. Yesterday, I did see a dip. For me, big thing on DXY is when will we crack that 104. Then when we get into crude, uh, I look at WTI. Right now, you're seeing USO, but WTI up about 1.45%. We'll see if we ever get into the 60s there for crude or the 80s. I think those are the numbers to be watching. Are we moving our way back into the 80s or are we coming down through the 60s will be very vital for these stocks. Gold yesterday having a decent day, um, but you guys can see the futures are actually not doing as good as the stocks. GOLD had a really nice day yesterday. And then when we look at silver, silver also uh, pulling back here in the pre-market. We'll look to see if it can continue the lift. Silver stocks were doing well yesterday. But let's bring on my man, Dennis Dick. Let's talk about what was said really yesterday in the FOMC minutes and what kind of action caught your attention yesterday, Dennis. Um, Just that growth is having a sneaky rally is really what caught my action yesterday. We've talked about the potential for a January effect. It really was two days before January happened, and then it didn't happen on the first day of January. Tesla derailed that, obviously, going down. Mm -hmm. But yesterday, the sneaky January effect was coming back into play. A lot of the beaten down 
Kathy Wood growth type names had a pretty good day yesterday. They were down early, but then they were starting to come back. And if you look, ARKK actually having a pretty good year so far. Um, not that we're far into it, we're two <laughs> days into it, but I mean, this is playing textbook here. So again, seasonality plays a factor. Um, so far, so good for the January effect, meaning the beaten down names of 2022 laggards become the leaders, leaders become the laggards. The first two days kind of defined for that. I mean, oil not having a great first couple of days, some of the other value names not having a great first couple of days, and some of the beaten down growth names starting to show a little bit of life. Does this have legs? Does this continue? I don't know how far because I'm really worried about the tape bombs, which we've talked about. I think there's going to be the potential for the tape bombs. And if you look at what's being warned here, just taking it to CRM yesterday, doing layoffs, seeing, you know, an ex- you know it's Benioff talking very cautiously on the economy. Amazon last night, same story, talking cautiously, laying off 17,000 workers, not a ton of workers. I mean, I don't know how many people are employed there, but I think it's close to a million. So, I mean, when you talk 17,000, it's a drop in the bucket, but it's still something. It's letting you know that these companies are playing a little more cautiously here. All right, we can talk about that. Uh, let's, let's, we'll, we'll go first Amazon, then we'll go into the Fed. Um, Let's talk about that. So tech companies, of course, preparing for extended economic downturn. We saw that yesterday with CRM uh, doing some cuts. Amazon says that it will cut over 18,000 jobs in November after mentioning, of course, uh, after in November, it mentioned that it was closer to 10,000. So that's what the difference was. It was about an 8,000 increase. Uh, The CEO did say that an employee leaked these plans. Uh, that prompt him to making the public announcement. Um, so that's looks like what's happening there in Amazon. I mean, I don't think this makes me, you know, turn, you know, running away from Amazon. But at the same time, right, it just shows me more and more that I think that we're due for that economic downturn. And they know it. They see it. Yeah. They see yeah. the writing on the wall. And I think that uh, I know that CRM was getting the lift from this at first. But I think in the long run, I think this might actually hit the stock. Oh, I don't. I don't think it's. I think in the long run, it's going to hit all these stocks. If we go into an economic downturn, that means that their profits, you know, and yes, it's going to help that the bottom line is a little bit, you know, helped by cutting expenses. But it's not really the, you know, boom, go back to all time highs when you've got companies worrying about, you know, keeping the bottom line up by cutting expenses. You want to see the growth. The growth is going too slow. It's just math. I mean, basic math. You have people are going to have less money in 2023 than they did in 2022. The wealth effect, a significant factor there. But not only that, it's the interest rates. They're paying more out. So their expenses are higher. You've got some layoffs happening across different industries from, you know, obviously CRM and and Amazon. And this is going to continue to happen. We know Facebook, we know Musk went in there and started cutting up Twitter. I mean, this is the, the what, what we've been dealt by Jay Powell. So maybe that brings us to the minutes. You know, talk about what they said in the minutes there yesterday, because this is the contributing factor to everything. Yeah, let's talk exactly about that. Let's go towards it. So the FOMC minutes and what was said, really, it's important to kind of catch it, right? Um, let's talk about an exact quote here. This was the main quote that was uh, quoted by a lot of different media that it was the most important quote, in the minutes, a number of participants 
emphasized that it would be important to clearly communicate that a slowing in the pace of the rate increases was not an indication of any weakening in the committee's resolve to achieve its price stability goal or a judgment that inflation was already on a persistent downward path. This also is very important that no FOMC members expect rate cuts in 2023, despite the market pricing that in. Uh, you could see that on the futures outlook as you see slight cut towards the end of the year, but the FOMC members are not stating that. And of course, I think this is where the prolonged higher interest rates become the concern now in my eyes, which almost leave little to no room for the soft landing in my eyes that a lot of people are talking about. And this morning, uh, well, actually, it was said yesterday afternoon, uh, Minneapolis Fed President Neil Kashkari uh, said that in post of the district website that he sees the funds rate rising to 5.4% and possibly higher if inflation doesn't trend down. So I think that that kind of warning out there just goes to show us we cannot go ahead and pivot without a pivot. We're not even close to pivoting. You know, that's not even something we need to consider here, you know, at this point in time. The markets need to stop thinking about, oh, the pivot's coming. The pivot's going to come when the economy collapses. We're at the be we're going to be at the beginning of that. And that's going to happen sooner than later. And I do believe in the back part of this year, you're going to get a significant pivot because they're going to be like, oh, my goodness, we overshot. I already think they've overshot. I think if you just leave the rates here for, you know, for, you know, the next few months, Spending is going to start going down. Inflation is going to come in. But, you know, here we are, you know, looking. There's just tape bombs everywhere that are going to be starting, I think. And, you know, we've got a little tape bomb here that just happened at 8.05, five minutes ago here. we got Bed Bath & Beyond coming out with a general statement here. Stock is getting the beats here. And if you're wondering why, it's because we'll read it right from the pro here. Um, Bed Bath & Beyond has concluded there is substantial doubt about the company's ability to continue as a going concern. Wow. Expects to report net sales of about $1.25 billion for the quarter versus the analyst estimates of $1.4 billion. They will consider strategic alternatives, including restructuring or refinancing of debt, seeking additional debt equity capital. They're basically saying, without help, we're going bankrupt. Um, I don't know if that helps coming this time. So your two bucks here now. Obviously, we had the Cohen gift um back you know in the summer which was just a gift you know and we can go maybe you know the, the memesters are going to bail it out this time but they've already you know tried that before and a lot of them are so far underwater i don't think help is coming here now bed bath and beyond is in the tape bomb is going to take down the entire market the market isn't even moving on it so it doesn't care but it's just showing you that there's trouble and you're going to see a lot of bankruptcies happen here in 2023 i believe bed bath and beyond will be one of them i don't believe they're going to get bailed out um, I think you're going to see a lot of other companies that are going to have significant trouble in 2023. Some of the smaller ones, some of these ones that have went from $15 to a dollar, you're going to see more bankruptcies. We hardly saw any in 2022. That's coming. It's coming. So it's going to get rougher. And that's just why I think it's prudent to have some cash. Um, also, what's happening with CrowdStrike? Uh, um, I, I saw, saw there was Spinner a rating. talking about it. There was a rating earlier. I don't um, see the news on this one, but I didn't look really hard. So CrowdStrike is down six bucks here right now. I'm not sure if there's something else happening here. Going to look right now. Yeah, I saw a rating. That's what I saw earlier in the day. 
Um, I pulled it off because it just felt like we had so many news. I pulled that one down. But I Piper mean, we Sandler, got Rob Owens lowering his, his price target, but he kept his overweight. That's at Piper. Yeah, Piper. Um, that's the one that I saw. I didn't see. Oh, there was a, other maybe than there that. was a downgrade here. Hang on, I'm trying to dig in, D- digging in further. Yeah, they were downgraded at Jeffries. Downgraded. Jeffries. There you go. So no, that's I, what I mean, down. there's I a like, lot of down. news coming out right now. They're really vicious, man, with the downgrades lately. Yeah. I mean, like it used to be like, oh, downgrade, knock you down two, three percent. But holy mackerel, I had to go wide because the ADP report is in a minute here. ADP in two minutes. Yeah, yeah I'm going wide just because. No worries. Uh, yeah, CrowdStrike, I mean, a lot of stocks getting hit on these ratings. And I mean, there's so many ratings being released for the beginning part of the year um, and different stocks, right? I mean, I'm going to try to pull us towards a different outlook here. Uh, but there's also ratings on a lot of these therapeutic stocks. Uh, CRISPR getting some ratings uh cspr see what's we're, we're in analyst we're, we're going to get to the ratings here in a minute because we're getting the adp so i don't want to jump right into yeah, that Let's i'm just waiting for it to come in here in time i'm, I'm just waiting for talking. it to come in so, so we got we got 30 seconds for adp that's going to be big but crowd strikes down i was just going to say that the ratings the downgrades are really moving the stocks I and mean, microsoft got absolutely murdered yesterday obviously there was some other news there too but i mean you know ubs kickstarted that thing lost 12 bucks at one point in time off a downgrade to neutral like there was some other stuff happening there but holy this market is hitting first and asking questions later so here we go let's see what happens here um we got the adp coming right is now one hundred and forty-five thousand. let's see what really it wide these are really wide right now we're going down we're going down i see increase by two hundred and thirty-five thousand. um so there you guys see it that's not good that's not going to uh, lead not- to a pivot that's not going to help, right? I mean, that's definitely not what we want to be seeing here. Uh, ADP coming in here. I'll give you guys the headline right now as it's hitting the tape. Uh, that's not going to help. Uh, that can turn us to the downside. I think, uh, you know, one of the things that I feel like, I feel like everyone's expecting a, a longer January effect than I think we, we might get. Um, just because everyone's just trying to be optimistic for the beginning part of the year. But I'm starting to think that we're starting to focus more and more about what the Fed is talking about and how prolonged higher interest rates could really be coming in for this market. Uh, Definitely, you're seeing the SPY starting to tick down there towards 382.62. We'll look to see if it takes out the 382. Um, Big thing for me is just looking at the dailies, right? We kind of (coughs) in sideways action, been trapped in this sideways action. What's going to happen? Are we going to break down through the 377 or are we going to break above the 387s, right? And feel like this, we're just stuck in this sideways uh, rectangle right now. We just need to see, are I, we I going for the ups or the down? I think we're stuck, Mitch. I think we're stuck in the range until we get that significant tape on. I think yeah. we've got a real battle between the bulls and the bears here. The bulls obviously are saying, well, hey, we really got beat up. It's time for a little bit of a relief pop. I feel like there could be a January effect. It started to show up. So I think you could get a little relief pop at some of these really beaten down names, but then you're going to eventually get, you know, the major bomb. Somebody's going to come out and say something major. This isn't going to be like Amazon laying off 17,000 people. It's going to be like Microsoft warns, you know, and, and lowers guidance. And it'd be like, oh my goodness, it's starting. I don't know if it's going to be Microsoft. I use, I'm using them as an example, but it's yeah. going to be like one of the big guns, like one of the major S&P components comes out and says, yikes, you know, this is not going as well as we would have hoped. And this quarter is not going to be going as well as we would have hoped. So that's my concern. I think that's eventually going to be coming. 
Um, so that's why I need to keep some dry powder. I need to keep some cash. But do we get a relief pop in the meantime? We're oversold. We could pop a little bit. There's room to S&P 400, but I'm not playing it. I'm not playing for that. I think you're going to get a lot of chop in here. And I think eventually, I don't know what day it's happening, but we're coming into earnings season, starting with the banks later next week, and then we'll get into the big caps later in the month. I think we could get, you know, some conservative, you know, guidance there. I don't think Amazon and Salesforce would be laying off people if they thought that everything was rosy and we were just going to continue on our merry path like we were in 2022. I mean, the Benioff comments were very frightening yesterday and everybody ignoring it. And they're buying the stock on it and saying, well, they're cutting. That's what we need to see. We need to see cutting expenses. Sure. That'll last so long until they actually give a profit warning. But I mean, Benioff, and I don't have the comments in front of me. I was trying to bring them up. I maybe should have been more prepared, but I never prepare. I wing this whole show. Um, You're a winger. Yeah, I'm a winger. Uh, <laughs> but I'm just trying to look. You know, he was saying some really, really cautious comments there. He was. He was. And, and I think that it's and, and very it was, important it was to scary catch. as an investor. Yeah. I mean, when the CEOs are warning you, that's a They're very important thing. I mean, just like Powell warned us in November of 2021. Mm-hmm. warned us that he was going into a tightening cycle and it was going to be some pain ahead nobody listened they kept buying stocks up to new all-time highs eventually though those comments meant everything i think the comments from mark benioff yesterday are foreshadowing a significant downturn in the economy in 2023 so i think it's coming yes we've been calling it on this show for a little while yes we've been early i'm always early but i'm usually end up being right so i've been early I probably shouldn't have raised cash. Well, I know some of the cash I raised, I should have raised more cash because the market has <laughs> been going down here too. But we haven't seen a significant downtick in the economy yet. I still think it's coming. The ADP I'll tell numbers, you what. John, hey, the ADP numbers still showing it's going pretty good. It's going yeah. pretty good. Well, I was going to derail Powell, and Powell's not going to derail until we start seeing a downtick in the economy. So yeah, good about the pivot at this point in time. 8.30, we're going to get jobless claims too? Yep, jobless claims at 8.30, Economic and guess numbers. what? We got our guest right now. Let's see Bring what he thinks about what's going on out there. My man, Mark Chaykin. Let's go, team. Hey. Uh, that's that's starting on? to sound more like the Mission Impossible theme every week. I like it. Hey, we got to. Got to get you right. Mark, how are we doing today? It's good to have you back on the show. It looks like we just got ADP to come in. Um, what do you think about kind of the FOMC minutes and our economic data that's coming out. I, I sort of agree with everything Dennis said. Uh, you've got a weak economy. I think we are in a recession. Um, purchasing manager index dropping below uh, zero, or whatever that line is that uh, has always meant that you're in a recession. It's just nobody wants to call it for some reason. Yeah, uh, I feel like uh, everyone's still kind of going off of, I mean, our, our Fed chair, Jerome Powell, still says that potentially maybe a soft, softish landing. Guys, remember the reality of the last 75 years of bear markets. The bear market ends when the Fed lowers rates. Yes. Pivot, I don't know what a pivot is anymore, but they were trying not, to redefine it. That's yeah. not enough. The Fed has to lower rates, not just pause. So, uh, and, the, and the biggest declines in a bear market happen after they stop raising. And I mean, so, this is such a good point. Like, we, if we just stopped 
and you know stop doing our own analysis and just you know not even worry about technicals or anything just listen to powell and listen to the fed we would have sold all of our stocks in november of 2021 because he told us he was going to be raising rates significantly in 2022 to tackle inflation i mean if we were just listening to the fed don't fight the fed trade you'd been either on all cash or short stocks all through 2022 okay. and killing it i mean exactly. maybe we just stop and listen until he says the coast is clear well, Marty Swag said it best, listen to the Fed and watch the market. It's really all this game is all about. Let, yeah, the, and- let the market tell you what it's seeing. But the Fed is pretty clear. You know, now that Alan Greenspan's out of the way, the Fed makes its intentions extremely clear. And They do. They're very clear. And, you, we're, and the market's not, a... market hasn't been listening, Mark. I mean, yeah. in, a, in a certain cases, maybe it has. Obviously, some of these growth stocks have really been beat up. But there's so many stocks that are still doing pretty well here, holding up pretty well. The Dow, I mean, we could talk about this huge bear market we had in 2022. The Dow wasn't in a bear market. And obviously, it was energy that helped it. But I mean, this Dow closed about 10% off its all-time high. That's not the definition of a bear market. That's barely a correction. So well, I mean, something's you know, got to give here. It will. We've had a, we had a rolling bear market that started in February of 2021. I've said that before. So we're treading ground that we've talked about when the uh, the tech stocks peaked, when when uh, Arc peaked, and we've had rolling bear markets in different industry groups, uh, different sectors along the way. Uh, the Dow is a meaningless uh, artifact. You know, it, it's just 30 stocks. Obviously, notice, you know, if you date the entry of Tesla into the S&P, you see an interesting point in time in the market. And that, you know, has coincided with the reality uh, check for PEs on the megatech stocks and Tesla in particular. I, you know, I, I think one thing you've got to um, do is to separate the, the forces in the market. It used to be really easy. Institutional investors with investment committees who made rational decisions, and then the public who was a chip on the wave. Now the public is a, is a major player and institutions no longer make decisions, machines make decisions. So it, it's a different market dynamic. So right now, if you just take Tesla as your, your base case, sure. the institutions are selling Tesla except for uh, Kathy Woods. And guess who's buying it? It's the retail. If you look at the options trading in Tesla, which I know you've talked about on the show, the options trading volume dwarfs the stock volume. And who's doing that? It's all the public. A few market makers, but it's the public still betting on Elon Musk. And there's no way they're going to win that bet. The public likes a good story. I mean, oh. there's some fantastic retail traders. Don't kid yourself. I mean, there's some very, very good retail traders. I'm getting an invader here right now into the middle of the show. Oh, but, uh, <laughs> she, she maybe wanted toast. to give her commentary. Let's yeah. get a look. Oh. She maybe wanted to give her commentary. Their kids are off school for in. one more week here. So. That's what? A good, I need to I'll go to Canada. Yeah. Another week? Well, you know. Uh, <laughs> I know. We get like all weeks off. We're in Canadian. <laughs> we time off. Canadian. That's what we do. Well, I, I think there are some uh, bright spots, but not too many. I, I, I yeah. neglected to say it. I don't know if Joel used it on the Friday that my bear stock of the year is and was Tesla. My bullish stock of the year is Netflix. It looks, look what mm. Netflix has done. In, 
Netflix. Netflix. Why Netflix? Uh, That's a good question. Relatively immune to a recession. You know, nobody's going to start canceling nine bucks a month. Um, And, you know, if you do get into an economic downturn, people are going to be looking for hope and amusement. And you used to go to the movies, but now you just sit at home and watch Netflix. Uh, I, I just think they're rebuilding their business and there's an awful lot of room in this company. Is this the cheap the entertainment? Maybe yeah. this is like a recession play. It you is. Know, maybe we don't give it enough credit, but you know, like you just said, sit at home for your 12 or 15 bucks a month, or now you can do it for free if you just don't mind watching advertisements. I mean, maybe this is just the alternative to like going out and having the fancy dinner in the movie because right now the dinner in the movie costs you a hundred bucks. I feel like you know for your you know wife and or for your girlfriend and yourself to go out to the movies, stay at home, ten you know for fifteen dollars a month and you watch you know what you want to watch. So maybe this is the recession play. I never really thought about it that way. Well, I picked it up based on the technicals and the power gauge being bullish, holding up. Outperforming the market, hey, it was up five percent yesterday. Yeah, yeah. So, and it's uh, it doesn't look like there's a uh, fundamental driver to get it to new lows. So, I, I'm looking for stocks in here on the long side, and I, I do agree with you that you have to have a large cash cash position here. You know, probably thirty to forty percent as an investor would make me comfortable. But I'm if I'm buying anything, I'm buying a stock like Netflix, and I'm looking for stocks where I can't really find the driver to new lows. Okay. No driver to new lows. Is it all about cash flow in 2023? uh, Not just about cash flow, because you've got some of the big tech stocks with great cash flow. It's about valuations. Okay. Uh, The final phase of a bear market is typically one that's been sort of Evolving like this one has, not a 1987 bear market where it was just one swoop down, is an earnings recession-driven bear market. And in that scenario, you get PE compression. So even if you have good cash flows, like with a Salesforce or a Microsoft or an Apple, there's going to be PE compression. That's why these stocks can't rally. All right. Well, Mark, we're going to let you go before the 830 number hits. So I don't have to interrupt you like last interview. I appreciate you coming on like always. And what we'll do is definitely have you back on. I want to even reach out to you maybe to do a little bit of a deeper 23 outlook. Talk especially about the power gauge. We'll bring you on maybe on stock market movers. Appreciate you like always, Mark. Have a good New New Year's. Happy New Year's, guys. Happy New Year's, Mark. All right, team. I just wanted to get us ready for that, of course, initial jobless claims that's about to come in here. Estimate is 225,000 prior 225,000. Let's see what we get here. Do we get initial jobless claims to show a little bit of a spike? If it comes in under, that's when I expect to start seeing some downside action in the SPY. And if we get a light number, will this take out the downside action? A little part of me is thinking that Today might be the day that we wipe out to the downside just because I still feel like there's still too much optimism for the January effect, and I don't expect to see too much of it. A lot of that optimism has been just from me. I mean, mean, it's it's not you, Dennis. It's not just you, man, because I look around. I I, I look around on my Twitter, too. I I feel like everybody, when they come into a new year, they expect like the – the chapter like completely change. changed. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not the truth. We're still in the same headwinds, right? We're still focusing on the same kind of concerns out there. And if anything, 
We're worried about prolonged higher interest rates and recession, right? Those are the concerns. That's what I'm worried about is those two things. That's what keeps me from loading up on stocks. Because, you, you know, other things being equal, when you see some stocks down 40, 50, 60%, like an Amazon cut in half, you think, wow, what a long-term investment opportunity. Um, I think it is still there, but I don't want to be early here because I don't think we've even seen, if we were in the middle of the recession right now, I'd be like, oh, you know, well, we're already kind of looking out the light at the end of the tunnel, but we're in like the second inning of the recession. It hasn't even really started. Yes, we had a technical definition of a recession, but Dennis, can I bring you some light? Can I bring you some light at least? Please, please. Joel Elkanen. How's that for some light? Oh my gosh, there he is. What's up, guys? What's up? Dennis, what what about this jobless (laughs) claims? 222 estimate. I mean, come on. There's jobs all over the place. You quit your job, you get another job. Right? Where's Isn't this that what recession you do? at? Ooh, spy going first hit yeah. to the downside there. Be careful, team. I I'm don't expecting understand that downside takeout. Just, just be careful out there, team. 381's now showing up there. I'm still trying to get the numbers. So many uh, news report coming in through. What do we get at time. 830, Mitch? Uh, initial jobless claims is hitting right now. I'm trying okay. to grab it. I do see U.S. trade imbalance. Bunch of news going through there. Trying to grab it right now. So much flowing through here. Still not seeing the that number hit right now it's still looking for initial job there it is 204,000 versus 225,000 light like I talked about not what we want to see shows that the jobs are still robust and this is not a good outlook this is when I think I would say today we might take out this range on the downside but that's just my outlook like always you guys make your own investment decisions here I'll throw up the initial jobless claims here I'm not going to make that in. call. I don't think yeah. jobless claims number or the ADP number is significant enough for the market to have those significant moves off of it. This isn't you know, the CPI data. This isn't, you know, this is jobs. And they have, if we just look at what's been happening, they move them a bit. And they, it is moving it. But I don't think we're going to get like a, you know, thousand point down day here off a jobs report. I just don't think no. that's in the cards. So I don't think we're taking out the lows of the move here today. I think it's going to take a tape bomb from one of the big guns. I think that's what takes us out on the lows. I don't know what day that happens. I just listened to Benioff, though, seeing Amazon layoff workers, thinking that tape bomb's coming eventually. And it's not Bed Bath & Beyond. People will say, oh, we got the tape bomb, and Joel, you're near away. About 8.05 this morning, Bed Bath & Beyond saying that I they, saw that. I they saw believe that. that they may not be able to continue as a going concern. That's another word. Shocker. What that means is we're going bankrupt. So not officially, but they're like, you know, strategizing to avoid bankruptcy here. So it's not the tape bomb we're looking for. One of the big dogs, one of the major S&P components, I believe, is going to warn sooner than later. And I think that is what takes us out and makes and we start making new lows on that. So basically trading ahead of what, you know, predicting the news. Okay, I just I'm looking at this trading range and, you know, Dennis, I know you you rather, you know, trading ranges are not great, right? For I mean, for you you still could grind it out, but you like to see, you know, extended moves, but I'm just I love I mean, trading ranges. So let's just correct that right now. I love trading ranges. I love buying the dip and selling the rip and short and the rip and buying the dip and well, what do you do at 3850? What do you do at 3850 then? We're right in the right in the middle. At 3850? You're just yeah. well. You're right there. You're just hitting. I, I think you're going even tighter than that, Joel. Like really, you're, you're right wow. into the three eighty seven. See, I don't have futures quotes because they charge one, charge me seven hundred bucks. Okay, I'll put the spider. So I go to the spy. I would look at three eighty seven forty one on the high end, 
and 347.77. So you're right. We're kind of in the middle of where we are. But there's still little rips and little dips and a little chop and all that in there. And that's great for doing little inefficiency trades. That's great for doing little relationship trades. That's all good stuff. So I don't mind it. The only thing I don't want to happen is the market doesn't move. So I want to see the chop, but I don't want to see it just go stale. And what my biggest concern is as a day trader, I'll talk, you know, as a day trader right now, is I think the stock market's going to get ugly enough that people are going to stop trading, that there's going to be more traders lost in 2023. And what happened after, if we go back to the financial crisis and the tech, well, better, better the tech bubble burst. Let's take it back to the tech bubble burst. What we had from 2002 to 2007, really until the financial crisis, was this lull in the market. I remember I wrote my first CFA magazine article back in like 2004, and I entitled it, Why Is It So Quiet in the Trading Room? And the reason was all these retail traders that we had from the dot-com bubble were gone. So you lost so much action. You had not really what, you know, like, oh, the markets are getting beat up or the markets are that. The markets didn't do anything for a number of years. And that's because people just didn't look at the markets and didn't care about the markets. They had lost a lot of their money and they weren't talking about the market anymore. And I honestly think, Joel, and I know maybe you don't agree with this, but I honestly think we're going to go into a period after this economy goes into a recession where stocks just kind of sit down at the lows and don't do a hell of a lot. But if everyone is not working, what happened happened during COVID? If everyone's not working, right, they're going to have to trade. They're going to be at home, right? They're not going to have jobs. Look what look when everyone wasn't working during COVID, what the markets did. They were going to the markets because stocks were going up every day. The retail trader typically doesn't short stocks. Well, they maybe they will. don't trade on the bear maybe side. They, Robinhood, they are not even allowed to. They don't even have Still? the capabilities unless they buy you know, one of the inverse ETFs. Yeah, you can only do it by puts. I'm just going with history here. And Mm -hmm. they won't talk. Nobody talks about the 2003 to 2007 period. They think, oh, yeah, Amazon, you know, started going up and everything just got better. There was nothing happening in those years. Those were my worst trading years of my career. And it wasn't because I was trading bad. It was because nothing was moving. S&Ps would have like a four-point range, Joel, five-point range. And again, we were a lot lower. So, you know, that's like maybe like a 10 15 point 20 point range today but there would be periods of time where the s&p was in a one point range for hours we probably just blocked that and you were trading back then joel but we probably block it from our memory because we remember the crazy times but we don't remember the boring times i remember those boring times and those were terrible years for me so that's my biggest fear is that we punish retail enough that they become disinterested closing accounts getting out of the markets and then there's a lack of action because we know Retail is a big part of this market, much bigger than it was in 2003, 2004. In 2003, 2004, retail traders, day traders sitting at home was, you know, 8, 10, 12% of the market. It's up to 26, you know, it was last year. You know what the big difference big is between now? You know what the big difference now between that and time period? Is that the markets are at much higher levels. Yes. Right? So higher prices, there's more movement. I mean, I think right now, I mean, if you can if you could trade this chop and slop here, I mean, the S&Ps, they're moving 10, 20, 30, 40 points. What's it going to go down to? On a relative basis, maybe it went down to like three or four point ranges. So maybe now we'll go down to like 30 point ranges or 40 point ranges. That That's still plenty of volatility. I mean, you have volatility. I mean, it's still there. It's still there for right now. I know what you, you what you're saying is that if we go into... A, just a flat out recession, but I, I right now 
I'm just trying not to make right calls, right? 3,800, we got major support. There's a lot of things that are going on to, to bust this market, right? If I, was a, if I was a bear, I'd be like, oh, man, all these strong numbers are coming up. There's no way we should be above 3,800. On the other hand, you, you got a grip at, you know, 3,900. And I know the spider is not as clean as that, right? Because I'm looking at the spider chart right now. Um, but I, I, I think you're, you're going to eventually, you're going to get it. Now, Mitch said today, of old days, we've had a 12-day trading range. Today, we're going to take out the, the bottom of the trading range. I have no idea to predict that. It's just getting tighter and tighter and tighter. We got a jobs number coming out tomorrow. I mean, when when is the next CPI data number? Maybe we're just going to be like this until we have our next CPI number. What if the CPI comes Could in be. at 5.4? When is the next CPI, Mitch? Yeah, that's Let's look at CPI for uh, December Because that could take report. us out too. That would be a macro tape bomb. Right. But those are All scheduled. Right. So we can prepare for those. It's these unscheduled, like I worry about even being long-term well, stocks. Next well, week. Not, it's, it's, that's coming too. A lot of news. Is, news is going to take us out of this range though. Because mm-hmm. I think there's too much, you know, this battle here. There's a huge battle between the bulls and the bears. We're raging battle again here. And I think it's going to take a major headline to move us down or up. Maybe it's the CPI data. Maybe it comes in light again, and then be like, we can get in talking towards a pivot here. Maybe it's some Fed speak. Also on the downside, I'm I'm afraid it might be a tape bomb from one of the big guns. Does you I mention just, you mentioned something about uh, that uh, CNBC was changing their definition of a pivot? I saw a tweet or something about that. They they actually were yeah they were talking about what is a pivot? How do you redef- how do you define a pivot? And they were trying to like redefine it. It's straight up easy. Like this is where I get like. Do you even read books? Like it's in books. You don't need to be wondering. They're what trying a to rechange the books. They're trying to change the books. Look at Investopedia if you need to. They say a Fed pivot occurs when the underlying economy has changed to such a degree that the Fed can no longer maintain its existing monetary policy. Is that does that mean they on? have to change? Does that I mean how long can it just be what it is? Right. I think. Rate, they need I mean, to change we got to stop policy. going up first. I, I I totally agree with you, like on the on the pivot stuff, because there's no way that this economy is still at this point. We're get as we're being evidenced by the numbers, it's still showing strength, right? So nowhere near a pivot. What I think the scenario is: the rates need to stop going up first, and then stabilize. I don't think we're going back down to one and a half, two percent. Okay. Nor do I think we're going up to, you know, seven and a half or eight percent. I think what the best thing would be for this market. And what you guys also have to understand is that there are people that were underinvested in the market for several years. And yeah, they got inflation, but they're laughing all the way to the bank with the, you know, some of their fixed income in their, in their interest rates. You're like, you see why I stayed out of the market in 2001. You're seeing why I stay out of the market in 2008. You see why I stay out of the market during COVID. So not every, I mean, we're active investors, definitely more active than, you know, rest of the population. So we feel it, but there's a good, what about retired people? Do you think they're all, I mean, if you're retired and you're, and you were in Amazon and you're living off your 401k and you want to leave money to your kids, I mean, okay. I mean, yeah, you got whacked in Amazon. I just, 
don't know. Maybe the newer retail investors had the Tesla, had the GME. But I think there's a segment of the population that's really benefited from this. And whether they're going to go back into the market, I don't know. It doesn't always have to be going straight up or straight down. I I completely disagree. And I think that segment that you're talking about, the person who wasn't in the market, is been hit by inflation. I think it's Powell that is actually trying to protect that person that you're talking about because they got hit the hardest. They were hit the hardest because the market was going up. The wealth effect was just exploding around them. They got left in the dust. And now they're paying more for everything. Those people who are out of the market in the last 10 years are so far behind everyone else. And this is the fear that I have. This is the main reason I never go 100% cash. Because if I'm wrong, the whole world gets wealthy without you and inflation starts happening around you. Now you may not even have enough money to pay your bills. I mean, inflation has been incredible. We were just talking about this, me and my wife, going back 10 years ago. I don't care what they say in the CPI data. You go back 10 years ago and look what we were paying for stuff. We are paying over twice as much for stuff. And they won't show up in the data that much, but it's true. We are paying over twice as much for stuff as we were 10 years ago. That's the truth. You know, you look at where the car prices are, house prices, you know, material costs, food costs, going out for dinner. You know, when I owned my Quiznos sub shop, we came and we, you know, we, we had the, like the eight, nine dollar subs. This was back in 2006. And this was something that I did on the side. If you know the story behind it, don't ever invest passively into something. But I, you know, I invest in this. I like the subs. I thought it was good. I didn't pass an investment in it. And, and it was a disaster. But it was like seven, eight dollars. People looked and they were like, I'm not paying $10 for lunch. I pay $5 for lunch. I'm not paying 10 bucks for lunch. We're paying 20 bucks for lunch now. I mean, this is 12, 13 years later. People are willing to pay 20 bucks for lunch or 30 bucks for lunch. I just want the, my $5. Can football. you get lunch for five bucks anywhere? Can you get lunch? I just for want my yeah, I can't get yes, man. Come on. My kitchen. You're in uh, your not kitchen. Even. Yeah. Not even. So, so those people stay in their kitchen, but they don't help the economy by staying in their kitchen. Maybe they help the Kellogg's and General Mills, but they're not helping the economy. So yeah, I'm just going back to I don't think anybody benefited really from and and, and you know can say they're benefiting from the sell-off. Maybe those people, but they missed out so much on the way up that these people are still way up here and they're way down here because they missed out on all this potential profit. So when the market's come to here, there's still a huge gap. These people are still way out even though they're not getting beat up in the markets. Now, does that gap close more? I think that's the question we're all trying to answer. I think we had uh, a period of low in, of low inflation for an extended period of time, right? And but we, we had did extreme, really. That's we, a lie. Look at look at the the market was inflated too, Dennis. I mean, and now we're having it. There's an equilibrium in the market, and I think that we it's going to take a while, but I think there's going to be a reach of equilibrium in the market with interest rates, with inflation, does that necessarily mean that the market's blasting off and going higher? Not necessarily. But, you know, there was a there was such a long period of low money, you know, just easy money, right? And yeah. that that's coming off. And it's going to take a long time to flush it out through the system. But did you did you hear about some of these people that the article I read Wall Street Journal about some of these people that are losing their tech jobs? Some some of them are finding good jobs for more money. If you're switching jobs right now in a lot of different situations, you can get more money than you were making before. I just, I I don't see- inflation. I don't see the gloom and doom, but 
you know, I don't see well, what do you like to say? We're, we're not in Kansas anymore. You think these people getting fired from these tech companies making $250,000 I don't a know year are going to get better jobs? I think it actually might exist out there, Dennis. Well, yeah. Do you think every single person that's getting laid off? Maybe not, not every person. Amazon, some of those people but. aren't paid as well as Amazon. But, I mean, some of these people are paid big, big bucks. Yeah. I mean, if you think this is all happening, that the interest rates are just going to go to 5 6%, people are going to get laid off, but they're going to get better jobs, and people are just going to keep spending, go they ahead have, and think they that. Have so but far. the math doesn't add up. I'm a, I'm a, I, you know, I took grade two math. It doesn't add up. When you raise rates and you have more expenses, eventually you're going to spend less. Benioff is telling us that. He basically told us that yesterday, Joel. Telling us that. His commentary was brutally scary. This is one of the most connected people in technology telling us that very difficult times are ahead. Are we going to just stick our head in the sand and not listen again? Because I'll tell you, a lot of these stocks are sitting near all-time highs. Dow is 10 or 11% off an all-time high. There is still time to raise cash. All right, team, let's They'll keep go moving. Working deer. They'll go work in deer or cat. That, they're going to get hit, too. That's not going <laughs> right, to last. Team, we if got a lot to go through. That's what, what we said about the oil market and forever, and we were wrong on it. That's what we All said right. about oil stocks forever. Oil, we so we had, yeah, we could be wrong, sure. But was I right? Was was I wrong last year in December, January? I said I'm raising up cash. Was I wrong? Sure, I did. I should have switched all energy stocks. I wish I would have taken all of my tech stocks, the Apple that I hedged at 155, the Amazon that I sold back at 3,200. You know the the other ones. You know the Qs, all the extra Qs I had. I wish I would have taken all of that money and put it in energy stocks. That's crystal ball trading. That's perfect world trading. That's rainbow trading. You're never going to get it perfect. But I'm sure as hell happy that I actually moved 50% or 20, 30% to cash because at least it didn't go down, you know, like all these other tech stocks, 50% last year. Well, like so, you say about like shorting stocks, right? It's, 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 you know, the timing of it, right? The timing is everything. And I've been early on this recession call. I've been early, but the market is saying, you know, the market has come down for a reason. Now, again, a lot of these other stocks have had this ridiculous October, November, December rally, like the Deers, like the Caterpillars. The energy stocks holding up very, very well, still holding up. The low PEs are holding them up. And it might continue. But I just think if the economy goes into a recession, that those cave as well. And that's why I'd be taking the profits in this type of stuff instead of, you know, playing trend trader and saying, well, the strong gets stronger and the weak get weaker. That works until it doesn't. I think eventually the strong are going to get weak as well. I mean, All you, right, could, let's... you could do hedging strategies too. Maybe that's something that we should talk about. We've already more. done that. We talked about that. I basically walked y'all through the Apple hedges when I did it at 155. I, I did I, it. I liked, calls I liked, and the puts. Uh... Buy the call, buy, sell the calls, buy the puts, same strike. It's equivalent to shorting the stock, and you're perfectly hedged. That's, how, that's called put call parity, taking you back to your options class in university. Put call parity. If you buy the 125, uh, I'm not saying, I'm, I don't know if you should hedge it at 126. I'm not sure. I hedged it at 155. I haven't lifted the hedge yet. You know, I'm up 30 points on the hedge. What? So, how, how far out are the... Uh, January. Went, so I got to roll it or I got to let oh, it go? This January. Okay. Yeah. I rolled it into 2023. I hedged. When did I hedge that? Like five months ago? Remember, I was early. I was pissed off because the stock went to 170. I was like, I hedged too early. 
I'm always early. It was in, you can see the run up. We went to 1.30 and I was like vomiting because I was like, oh my <laughs> gosh, I have all this Apple. And I'm like, I don't want to be an Apple. It's got a P of 26. And then I had the run up to like 155. And I'm like, that's it. You know, I'm hedging it. I thought that was enough. It went all the way to 176. It almost made a new all-time high. What are people thinking? September. That was the best selling opportunity. Unbelievable selling opportunity. 20 this points is, better than I got. This is and why you know I feel what? the Eventually, though, crack. it comes down. This well, one thing about having the options too is that you know, did, uh, you know, you have the you sold the calls and uh, you know you have the puts. Is that you know you're catching you know you're selling the, the premium you know, and we know how much premium is baked into these things, right? And so you got that working for you as far as uh, not not when, not when you're doing the the calls. When the lock, you the don't get the premium, calls. you get the time value of money because you because you're buying the puts. So whatever premium you make for selling the calls, you're buying the puts. The flat out just selling the calls, then you're taking the time premium. But your calls wouldn't have picked up the the full. The they full seem head. to always juice the calls, though. You know, all right, all right. The market, well, well, because this. the market. This, this is a good conversation. We don't always have to just you know follow script. We no, just of, the know, main so. thing is uh, we, we want to get to some of the headlines. We got about ten no, minutes left. I, I don't care. Mentioned. Like I think I think this is a teaching show. And people go one. So again, when we're, we're getting into good, maybe pe- if people, you know, want to just, you know, just talk headlines, we don't have to give opinions. We can just give the headlines like Benzinga Pro. But I mean, I think this is a teaching show and we get into important conversation. I think we go right off script. I think this is a good, good conversation because I think, you know, we're, we, we, we could talk about teaching the calls and the puts. Do people want to learn that? Do people want to learn how to actually hedge your portfolio in the exact way? I, I can talk it. So, but again, if you want to just go to headlines, we can talk about, you know, I don't know what else. We got the Micron headline, the Western Digital headline, which you guys, active traders, already know. So I think it's just, um, I think we follow script too much on this show. Like I go off script all the time, but then we always get dragged back on script. We're not trying to be a CNBC. We're trying to be a teaching. You know, I watched a lot lot of that yesterday and I I just couldn't believe the content. I mean, I just, it, it was just so. I don't even. I don't even know how to describe boring. it. What? It's, yeah. It's like watching CNBC. It's awful. yeah. I've never watched it that much in my life. I or at least, and I mean, in at least in a decade and a half, and I was just like, it's. I don't know. I, I mean, whatever. We, you know, I don't want to. You know, we if don't you want to hedge, so they want to know. It sounds like the chat actually wants to know how to do an actual perfect hedge. So basically, on the Apple, let's take you to my example. When Apple is one fifty five. I go to the closest strike. It's easy. Want to hedge the stock? I go 155. So what you do, put call parity, is you buy the 155 put and you sell the 155 call for the exact same month. I did it in January. That January. is equivalent to a short position. It's the same thing. So, you know, and then you can release that whenever you want. So you actually are long the stock, but you've got the options, which are kind of playing a short position. So by doing that, let's just, you know, think about it. If you buy the 155 put, if the stock's at 145, you, you're, you're, you you obviously exercise your puts and you can sell it at 155. It goes to 165, but you've sold the call. You get called away on the stock. So no matter what happens, unless the stock closes perfectly at 155, your stock will be gone if you don't do anything. It will be gone at 155. That's put call parity. So that's how you do a perfect hedge. Now, what Joel was talking about is just selling the call. So you can sell the call at 155 and I could go and look. I think I'm up like, I think I sold those calls for like 12 bucks. So I would be up twelve dollars. So my new, you know, one fifty five would be down to one forty three. But I think I'm up twenty bucks on the puts. If I went about the puts, 
I would have had a 20 point loss still on Apple there because the calls are worth like a nickel now because of January calls. So there's even as the stock goes down, you're not participating in further, but the puts are fully participating. So that's how you use options to perfectly hedge your position. Let's just say you want to hedge it even through an earnings report. You didn't want to hold it. You can do that right through the earnings report. And you won't pay, obviously you pay the spreads, but you won't pay any time premium because you're doing options in both ways. You're buying one and you're selling one. So that gets rid of all that time value that you know, you're paying. So that's how you perfectly hedge through an event or through you know whatever you wanted to take it. I wanted to hedge Apple into the new year because I was concerned that Did it was you do them both at the same time? I mean, at the same had, time. I don't had, like okay. it. Yeah. I don't like okay. it. I think Mitch left us. He's mad. <laughs> no. Mitch, I, we love you, Mitch. We love you, Mitch. I faded away. We I love just faded you, Mitch. away. You guys run it. We love you, Mitch. So, but anyways, let's, let's go now to the headlines. We just taught the options. He's coming back. Mitch, you're back. <laughs> oh, 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 headlines. Um, yeah, um, those things, they don't matter, right? So don't worry about it. Um, They're asking, when do I roll? I roll if I want to keep the hedge on. I could let it go. Just sell my Apple at 155. It's just gone. So maybe I just want to do that. I haven't decided yet. You know, maybe I just like a 155. Yeah, I mean, just roll the options and take it out and then put another option and keep the hedge going. So it, it depends on what, you, what, what, what you're thinking about. I haven't decided what I'm doing yet. But I have to decide. I mean, you, you've had January it for a year. I mean, what's the? You've had it for a year. What's Six the months, rush? I or so, oh, I thought you said. Oh, oh, you did. In, the, in I thought that you run said, up in in, in July. because oh. yeah, I, I was late. I was late on the head. Okay. I went from one eighty down to one thirty, and then I was throwing up because I was kind of calling okay. for tougher times. And I watched my biggest position, my portfolio, fall twenty eight percent, and I was mad. <laughs> okay, because yeah, I, I thought you did one, it in January for January, and you wrote it all the way through this, and all the way through this, and then all the way through this. But there you go. You didn't. Okay, thanks yeah, for clarification. I did it right there where your where your cursor is, right? There, okay, right. okay, because it. man, that I mean, you've held it for six months. Why you have to make it? You know, whatever. I mean, and if you have, did you? I don't know if you have to if you have more than one or more, you know, or, or multiple ones. You don't necessarily have to. You know, lag it, take it off all at the same time. But yeah. right now, I think Apple has a date with 122, 122 and a half, 123. Just based on the technicals, there's three monthly lows there. Let me make this chart a little bit, uh, a little bit smaller. We'll go down to the monthlies, and I think there's anything that we've learned in 2022 is the stocks go to their monthly levels, right? It may take some time. I don't know how many of these stocks were going. And I'm like, well, the next monthly low is not until so-and-so. And you know what? It goes there. So right here, there's three monthly lows, 122.5, 123. That is, to me, that's the trap door um, to, to triple digits or 80 bucks. You know we don't like these kind of areas, right? If something goes up quickly through an area, Right, it has it can always go quickly down through the area, and to me, that 80 to wow, that was basically 80 to one, 130. And what, one, there's two, three, a lot three, of air below. There's a lot of air, that's a scary chart. That makes me not want to lift my head. <laughs> that <laughs> that looks like a head and shoulders top. Stock away. I'll that looks like a head and shoulders top. Scary. Look at that. Mitch, we're throwing it back to you. We are sorry. No, no. <laughs> They're telling me I have to apologize to you, and I should. We love you, Mitch. No. We love you. Oh, love you, love you, love you, no, guys. come on, man. Sorry, man. There's, There's no apologies. <laughs> I'm There's just no more like, 
I'm just I think more I like, should. I, I if you don't know how to hedge an Apple trade, I mean, come on, guys. That's like Dennis, basic. we used to have fights in our office, and you're apologizing? <laughs> me, me, I will never apologize to Joel. Like, me and Joel get scraps. <laughs> I just so think he knows. <laughs> I just think that you, you guys you guys na- hit the nail on the hammer. You, you hit the hammer, you know, the nail on the hammer, and it's like you guys are just still pushing it in further and further. I'm like, all right, I get it. I get the hedge. But all I mean, right, all right, all right. I guess Move some people on. didn't get the hedge there and don't know how to hedge. <laughs> We're hedging with Mitch. We're bringing I mean, Mitch in. We, we hedged with Mitch. It, it ain't that and hard. then he left. We <laughs> Mitch is no hedge. Right away. Mitch is like no buying brainer. calls on everything. No, no. We're still long the Mitch calls. We, we, I don't do all this market any... neutral crap. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? That's the problem. I'm the market neutral guy. Oh, my gosh. You just, I just figured myself out. I hedge everything on market neutral. He did not right. shake that out of me. I should have just been flat out long in 2020 and flat out short in 2022. And he could have <laughs> forgot about the market neutral stuff and he just killed it. But here I am trying to like be fancy and stuff. So <laughs> Mitch, headlines, H- please. Two minutes. Hedging go. is for chumps, says Kyler. I'm with him. <laughs> he just hates hedging. <laughs> um, I mean, where do we go through here, man? There's like 12 different topics. What's your What's your favorite? I'm what do you guys want to talk about? Do you guys want to do the earnings? Do you guys <laughs> care about NovoCure? Do you guys are you guys WDC fans? Do you guys want to hear about Kathy Woods' worth worst buy of 2022? We didn't do any of them. <laughs> we didn't do we any stuck. of them. What do you guys want to talk about? I'm getting fired after today. I think <laughs> it's just not. It, it became. It, it I didn't became know we were Conversation. We, were we just show up every day. <laughs> oh, we don't know anything. Oh, right, good go, Lord, Mitch. Team. Good luck. We're in the hey, uncomfortable silence because we don't even know where to go. Go Western Digi. <laughs> Western Digi. All right. Uh, merger talks. I'll just keep it short and sweet. Merger talks. Merger talks coming merger back talks. into play. Talks and play technicals go away. We don't know if this revives merger. So they revive the merger talks. Silvergate. Crypto going to Silvergate. zero. What a day yesterday. What a not a day. But what happened today? So Silvergate had this fantastic oh. day. Let's go to Silvergate. This is interesting. Wow, this is a 13 Goes bucks. up. Silvergate goes up. <laughs> like 50% yesterday. What the hell happened today? It just gave it all back and more. Don't worry. Just listen to Kathy Wood. If you would have been listening, what happened you would have been you? buying on November 8th, 18th. ARK bought 74,000 shares of Silvergate and 317,000 shares of Coinbase. That sounded like a really good purchase there by Kathy. Um, definitely. We're just seeing the destruction of these stocks. I don't understand. Why do you run in front of falling knives, team? They it just doesn't make sense. Yesterday's move. They were trying to catch that. It was a huge move. We had a five-day move where the stock almost like went up like 60% in five days. This is what happens. This though. is when what happens. Crappy companies, they fundamental tape bomb you. <laughs> this is what What's happens. the news today, Mitch? So Silvergate says it's uh, remained committed to crypto. It's laying off 40% 40, of its staff. 4 zero, not It just said, you know what? Half of you guys just don't come in anymore, you know? <laughs> Good oh my Lord. gosh, this is a disaster. Announces oh, preliminary man. results. Took a $718 million loss selling debt securities to raise cash. Related deposits fell 68%. This is just everything that is just said from this Benzinga Pro and the other SEC filings here is just scary. Stock goes from where is the all time high on this puppy? Oh, Let's man. Let's go look. I got $239. The- it's 13 
Could this stock be one of those bankruptcy stocks of 2023? Well, yes, it could. I don't know if it is, but it sure sets up well. Wow. Zombies. I mean, you could concentrate on the pre-market low, right, if you want to do that. If uh, if you're looking for a level to cover short, I don't know about getting long, but the, the pre-market low Stock comes in at new lows. 12 and a quarter. No so you're off the pre-market low. Maybe they need to change their name, like Silvergate. Like what's a metal, like Coppergate or like Tingate? Watergate. <laughs> no. All right, guys. It's uh sorry I was late to join you, but uh definitely a fun conversation. I'm gonna hop over and uh cover all the news and all the stocks that we missed on uh, pre-market prep plus. When uh, stocks go down, uh, here's another one more tip, and we'll leave it with this. When stocks go down 90%, they're 90% off the all-time high, they rarely come back ever. So tip, don't buy stocks 90% off all-time highs because if they're down 90%. A lot of them are going down 100% or 99%. Maybe nothing goes down 100% anymore because it seems like, you know, bankrupt stocks don't even go to zero. But they go down 90%. A lot of times they go down 99%. And if you're buying a stock at 200 or 13, if it goes to one or zero, you basically lose your entire investment. So what can you lose by buying at 1350? Your entire investment. So I would stay away. No, thank you. Silvergate, not for DDD. All right, that's going to do it for pre-market prep. It was an action-packed show, to say the least. Feisty. Who's <laughs> feisty? We'll see. We'll see. I, I have a little Some bit of a lunch I'm bet. Feisty. I have a little bit of a lunch bet for you, Dennis. Oh, my god! You don't gosh, think we could break the range? You don't think we could break the range today? I'll give you as many points as you want. What do you need? You think we're, going, <laughs> we're breaking it today? What do you need, bro? I'm I, I'm thinking Longhorn. I'm thinking Outback. I need a steak. What do you got Mitch for me, going. Dennis? He, oh, I, I don't think so. I'll just say, what where, what are we defining as the low of the range? I'll give you just the low of the year. So which okay. would be yesterday's or, or Wednesday. I'm losing track of days. Tuesday's. Tuesday's um, low, 377.83. Tuesday's low on Spire, 377.83. I don't think we breached that today. Okay, I'll take that lunch bet. I'll okay, take it. Okay, we got a lunch bet here. Where are we going for lunch? We're going to Longhorn. Ed we said Longhorn is best. Here. Come to Canada. We'll take you. We'll take you to like the keg or something like that. I want. I want some moose or some crazy stuff. We'll if I'm going some, to Canada. Come on up here. We'll get you up here, George and Bear. We'll find you. There's actual. <laughs> there's some moose. My, my cousin, intern, he listens to the show. He's got moose. He's got moose. We could eat moose. Let's go. Yeah, I'm ready. Go to his place for some moose well, steaks. Got ourselves a little bit of a lunch bet. We'll find out. Like always, yeah. you guys tune in tomorrow to find out who's getting their lunch or not. We'll see All you. Right. Dennis, have a good one, man. Go do what see you ya, do Mitch. best. Sorry. They say I got to apologize, and I do. I am sorry, Mitch. I interrupted <laughs> There's you. There's no need. I no interrupt you a thousand dude. times a day. I'm sorry for interrupting you again, though. I, I mean, I, you, you get kind of used to it. That's just what it is. <laughs> Rub it off. Used to it. Like, this is Dennis. He just interrupts people. This is what he does. He's the rudest <laughs> Canadian in the whole world. Hey, hey, you're Canadian for a reason, right? I know the Canadians aren't rude, though. They're all like, oh, excuse me. So, no, sorry. Excuse it was my me. Fault. Sorry. I'm the most sorry. Americanized Canadian, though. So I go out and I'm like the rude Canadian. So I'm going to have to <laughs> go get it, Dennis. Go do what you do best, Canadian. my friend. We'll see you. Thanks we'll see it. All right, team. Stick around, team. We got a lot to go to. Live trading coming up next. Don't miss it. After that, Benzinga Live, stock market movers. I will have Jay Wood joining me from the New York Stock Exchange at 1 p.m. Don't miss it, team. Stock market movers. I'll see you guys in a little bit. Hit the like button. Let's see who's getting that lunch. 
And who's going to be a little bit hungry tomorrow? Let's find out. 